Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Podcast Assemble, the show where you come for your rambling, geeky download. My name's Tommy, and I'm delighted, as always, to be joined by my friend and co-host from across the pond. It's our resident ninja with a bat fetish of the pod, DL. How are you, mate? I'm good. Bat fetish is going <laughs> strong. It's really gotten me places in life, you know? <laughs> Where's it got you? Into Bergheim, maybe, yes. in Germany? Remember that thing uh, in Wuhan? Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> That's what it did. Someone's eating you? Yeah, oh my God, exactly. that's no, so weird. We don't know the details. We don't okay. talk about we don't know it. The it's, all, it's all up for debate. Well, this week, DL, as, well, as, as you're well aware, <laughs> sitting with us, laughing his head off at you already, is none other than our resident, if you remember, that's our guest resident of the pod, is the twisted mind behind the Stitch Up, Film Addicts podcast, and Hit 66 sound and screen. It is Mr. Matthew Vaughn. No, it's, it's friend of the show, Riggs. How are you, mate? I'm well. I'm well. Yeah, in the in flesh. Color. I know. It's crazy. I'm in, in the in very Sydney. red flesh. I know. We'll talk about that. <laughs> Fuck you now. Your town. What a shit heap. No, you, are, you are certainly looking remarkably lobster right now. Yes. I'm also remarkably here, which is which is really great. Thank you so much. I didn't realize you were a real human being. I thought, like you said, a genuine AI. I thought I was convinced that. And I did say to my fiance when I was I was leaving today, I hope these guys aren't cannibals. And and and, and as Dre said before, it's been a long con to get to eat me. <laughs> that would be a really, really long con. But what would have been worse if it was just like all a deep fake like robot and you just came here and there was there's just some random person's house or we were cannibals cannibals because then i would be killed and eaten probably i mean maybe maybe you get away you could join you <laughs> could really join us story. otherwise one of us if it was if it was the opposite and you were just like conned by a deep like fake robot that'd be pretty embarrassing as well i would so rather be like, embarrassed than consumed well <laughs> what, but if you got away it's a great story <laughs> that's very true. you know what i mean like oh, that yeah. goes viral yeah and and i would have you both arrested as well yeah true. and and locked up wherever army hammer is we were talking yeah. about that motherfucker before <laughs> we were talking about that motherfucker before and speaking of former potentially batmans and actually a batman we're going to be bringing back our chris nolan anthology today guys because reeves is with us wow we are talking about the dark knight from 2008 now i did the maths not hard maths but that's fucking 15 years ago it came my out brain exploded when i thought that there's I was been like, two other batman since then oh my god it came out in 2008 <laughs> mm. yeah can you believe that wait who's wow. the other batman obviously pattinson and affleck oh there's been three then because keaton came back and did batman as well that doesn't fucking count yes it does <laughs> it's not a new batman <laughs> It's the, true. The hair was absurd. I never said new. You just said two Batmans. That's two Batmen? True. That's two Batmans. Two Batmans. <laughs> Did you Batmans. like the hair? The long hair? The key? I don't think we've talked about the key. <sighs> None of it was particularly good. Yeah, it wasn't that good, was it? The whole yogi look about him. Yeah, that was yeah, just not very good. But in this, this is a good look for Bruce and oh, Batman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is a solid look. And Suave. the fact that we're back to this anthology, and I like that you're back for the Batman stuff. We're going to have to keep bringing you in for Batman stuff, I think. Please. It seems like seems like this is your roadhouse, even though you never said it was. <laughs> <laughs> I just leaned into it and I was like, "Yeah, okay, um, why not?" That's because you said you were like, "We were thinking about doing the Marvels." I'm like, "I haven't seen that." <laughs> but then Addy was like, uh, uh, "You know, for audience members who don't know, my my podcasting partner on on the Filmatics podcast, Addy is um he loved the Marvels as a comic. Uh, no, the, the, uh, movie. the movie, the movie. Yeah, yeah it's good. dude. People, we're going to be talking about this next week. Yeah. I think I actually quite enjoyed it. Dude, I'm dude, actually dude, in yeah. the, the midst of writing a YouTube video for it. Been like, why, why all the hate? Mm. Like, I get it. I, I understand. You know, there are certain themes and tones of it. We'll talk about it, but don't necessarily get fully fleshed out and that frustrates the hell out of me but it's not a bad film mm. like people are saying Mo- morbius was better and i'm like guys really guys hang on a minute let's not just go crazy i just haven't been i haven't been seeing that on instagram is that just like what the like the critics are saying no i, th- I think that, i think that's people trying to make waves did you guys ha- happen to check out the madam web trailer this week yeah did you guys get to yeah. see that 
I didn't think they could make a more memeable film than Morbius was, but like Sony was like, guys, hold my bit. <laughs> <laughs> is that Sydney Sweeney? Yeah. Is that the actress yeah. that's Madam yes, Web? Correct. Yeah. She's not Madam Web. She is Spider Woman, I think. She's uh, one okay. of the Spider Purpose Ma- people. Like, who is Madam Web? Spider is Dakota Johnson? Yeah. The person from the Fifty Shades films. I yeah. think. I think. Oh, of course. But I mean, that, like, obviously. As, as esoteric as Morbius is to, to the, the Spider Man universe, Madam Web is the fucking oh, deepest cut of all time. So odd. Such an odd choice. But I mean, look, and I just read a thing that said Spider Man 4, the Tom Holland picture that is going to go into production next year is going to be um, a, a, a kickoff for them to actually absorb the Sony universe into the Spider-Man world. No. So they're going to start living together properly. And I don't, I don't know if that's true. It, it certainly seems like that would be a good thing to do. They're going to bring Daredevil in as well. And Well, is it going to be the same? Like, I guess the question is, into Sony's world that they've been creating or into a new world that Sony's doing? Like, that's the question. Because Never know. Yeah. Well, it depends on how the MCU goes, right? Like, one thing I really want to talk to you guys about before we get into our main topic is mm. a little bit about that Variety article, which I know all of us sort of half read. No, I read the whole <laughs> it, thing. It, I mean, I did too. It went Ooh. kind of viral. It got a lot of it got a lot of interest online for things that a lot of people have sort of already been saying, which is the MCU effectively it's run out of steam a little bit. There's a bunch of issues now that weren't kind of there before with you like to Jonathan Majors. Maybe having all these other random characters might be a good distraction. Yeah, I mean... That was a question, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I, I I feel like, and I've, I've said it when, when after Endgame sort of happened and, and, and we, me and Addy were talking about it, and there's been some stuff I've liked, like Hawkeye, um, when we <laughs> talked about that. But as far as, like, a direction goes, yeah, yeah. and I know that they were stalled by COVID, absolutely, and, and everybody was, and, and the they kind of had to yeah. re- redo stuff. But, I mean, if you've got the, the Jonathan Major stuff happening and they're, they're thinking about moving away from the Kang storyline... And and so much so that that uh, Dustin Daniels has left mm. Kang Dynasty. The, mm. the, that picture, like, d- just recast him. You don't need to bring in Doom or all that stuff. Like, well, stay the course. If you're going to do something, just do well, it. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, we're talking about an infinite multiverse of infinite versions, and it's funny. Like, I saw a meme just today. It was like you look at the different variants of Loki in that TV show, and it's a crocodile and a woman, and a you know what I mean. Like, it's all these things, and then you see the variants of Kang, and it's just the same. It's all the colors. Makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> and and that would be like a great way to do it, where you just get this other you know Kang that's like actually it's yeah. all been misdirection. This is the one that'd be perfect. And he and he's just what if he just comes in and he's just a badass? Right? Yeah, and it's a new person, and he's just like really intimidating, totally. and it's like kind of a Thanos effect. Where you're not dealing with some guy that got beaten by a bunch of ants. By a bunch of <laughs> Or alternatively, it's fucking Dame Judy Dench and we just, oh, we just, now know, that's what I want to make see. a swing, you know. Or oh. they were saying Javier Bardem might be cast as Galactus in the, in I the Fantastic Four. I think that's a Four Fantastic movie. Four thing. That'd be cool. That'd be interesting. Apparently, nobody wants to read Richard's role. Like, it's been chucked around and it's looking like it's probably going to be Pedro Pascal at this point, but <laughs> apparently, a bunch of acts have turned it down. Adam Driver, for example, didn't want it. He didn't want to be looped into another big franchise. Like, I mean, you got to empathize with him. That Star Wars yeah. shit was wild. That hurts. Yeah. That wild. really hurts, right? Um, no, it's interesting. Like, I do think that they could, it would be cool to actually maybe even do a pivot. Like, if you were going to pivot to Doctor Doom or some other big villain, it's just that, like, it makes it, everyone thought that it was going to repeat. Loki thought that it was going to repeat and Kane comes back. Mm. But actually, it's the butterfly effect. Like, you thought it was going to go this way and somebody, Big, other big bad villain just kills Kane or something. Mm. Like, that could be interesting. Well, exactly. And, and like, in comics, the, the classic trope in comics is, is right, as you guys probably well know. If you have someone you want to build as the next big bad villain or the next strongest thing, 
you have him come in and kick the ass of the guy who's the strongest. So in comics, it's normally Wolverine. Because Wolverine's everyone's favourite and he's a hard guy who can't die. You get someone to kick his ass, you're like, oh yeah, this this guy's pretty fucking strong. He's he got serious, guys, yeah. He, he's got some serious traps, guys. <laughs> and then, yeah, but like you do that in the movies. I can imagine that being a lot of fun. Yeah. Imagine James, James Judy James Judy, Judy Dan. James Judy Hunch <laughs> coming in and kicking everyone's ass. Yeah. M from <laughs> M from James Bond, or just, or just kicking uh, what's his name, Hugh Jackman, Jackman's Hugh Jackman's ass. ass. That'd be three. fun. Or she ends up being like the um the villain in that first episode of um the the uh, Benedict Cumberbun um Sherlock series, who's the cab driver who convinces oh, people like to kill that. themselves. I liked that episode. She's just, she just you know psychs people. She's a she's a Hannibal Lecter style. Like yes, you're going to kill yourself. Something <laughs> something different would be fun though. Yeah. Try something else. Doesn't always have to be a big. You're dude. like Deadpool. You will kill the Marvel universe. Yeah. You will do this for us. Maybe, that, maybe Benedict that's Cumberbun? the reset. Benedict Cumberbun. Bun. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got it. Benedict- that's why I just was making sure it wasn't Cum- Benedict Cum- Cucumber Cumberbun? Patch. Yes. You mean my new Voldemort? <laughs> Hashtag that's my Voldemort. He should be the next Voldemort in yeah. the TV oh, show. In the TV show, I would vibe that. Yeah, I would vibe that too. How are you enjoying being in Sydney, big guy? On it's, a side note, it's nice. I've got a weird relationship with Sydney because. Um, it makes you it, very red. It, it, we'll get to that. <laughs> it steals my fiance for three months out of the year, so I kind of yes. I, I have a I have a have a complicated relationship with it. But um, yeah, I, I came up to visit her for her birthday, and um, it's been beautiful. We had you know it's such a it's been really great weather, and and you know we're You're lucky having it's been um, shit here recently. <laughs> it, yeah, I think I brought it with me the the good stuff. But we went to the Shangri La Hotel and had the breakfast up on the, the high rise there. And just looking at the bay, I was like, all right, I, I think I can dig this. And had a really nice, great, really nice. Um, Have I ever told my Shangri La story in the podcast before? No. <laughs> my, this is the. All right. Did so you just have dinner? I, no, I, I tend to do dumb things in life. I will book a <laughs> flight for the wrong like year, let alone date. I'll pick the right day and date, but it'll be the wrong year. I once tried to buy tickets to The Dark Knight Rises and chose completely the wrong week. That's a story we'll tell when we come, when you come back for the for next episode Rises, of this. Yep. My story with the Shangri-La is a little different. So me and my best mate, we stayed in Hong Kong for New Year's a couple of years ago. Cool. And it was beautiful. Like pre-COVID, such a fantastic time. Stayed in this awful hotel, like dire. But we did it because it was cheap and we weren't going to be there a lot of the time. So we decided... Well, well, what we'll do is we'll do that. And for the last night, we'll splash out a little bit, get somewhere a bit fun, somewhere nice. And we were looking for our last night. And I was like, oh, this, this hotel looks good. It's only like, it was on, it was on, um, uh, it was on deal that just for that one day. And I was like, oh, this is great for the two of us. It's like $300. That's perfect. One night. That's awesome. It's exactly the price range you were going for. And then I booked it and like all this money left my account. And I went, ah, what's happened? And I looked and not only was it $300 each, it was also $300 USD each. So it went from being $300 to being like nearly a grand. And we were both kind of like, where did I book? And it was the Shangri-La in Hong Kong. I didn't even read what hotel it was. Was it a nice hotel at least? I I mean, it would be. It was unreal. It'd have to be. It was like free massages, had like a sauna and stuff. It was, oh, it was unreal. But- same time, a grand coming out of your account's a bit like, like <laughs> when you've just had a big New Year's in a different country. You're like, tss, like steam's coming out of your collar, like your oh, cartoon. Yeah, well, I mean, the one none of that nonsense here. We just went up and had had the buffet breakfast. Beautiful. And then, yeah, yesterday we went to where did I go again? I keep saying it wrong. Malulabar. Malabar. Malabar. Uh, down on the beach and went for a big big hike for like three hours. But on the walk back, we both got horrendously sunburnt and i'm sitting here looking like motherfucking seafood extender <laughs> just, it's a bad it's a bad look for everybody so but apart from that it's a beautiful town we'll put you in a brioche bun and you can be a lobster roll <laughs> yeah. 
that he says to the man, vegan. Man, that sounds yeah. like a rifle right <laughs> yeah. now. I'm getting hungry. The cannibal. <laughs> yeah, Dre's hungover. Yeah, emerging. yeah oh, this fantastic. is actually yeah. a cannibal house. Yeah. Did you not know you, that? Like, you, you weren't before, and then I turned up looking like delicious yeah, seafood, and, and yeah, now you're like, yeah, I'm in. And, you know. Have you been to the Paradise Hotel? Yeah, it's great. How beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. That's an awesome. Great view I was well. just there. At, that's why my voice is so raspy. I had one too many dirty martinis last Oh, yeah. Night. Dre's a little yeah. raspy today. Yeah. But it's uh, it's awesome. Beautiful views. I'm, I'm going to go do dinner there once. Yeah, hey, we should. Let's do it. Yeah. You and me. We can have a mandate. That'd be wonderful. Hey, guys, look. If you want to stick around, let's do a banter about our day. Please feel free. We love it when you do. This, this is the whole reason we're here, to be quite perfectly honest with you, to chat shit about our day. Uh, but if you do want to skip around, there will be time codes in the description, as always supplied by Mr. Matthew Bliss, friend of the show and podcasting master. Yeah, yeah. We will give you his details if you stick around at the end of the show. But also, I have one question for you, Reeves, before we get into this. Mm. If you were on your podcast capture of choice, which I don't know what that is, Apple, Spotify, what do you listen to? Uh, Spotify mostly. Spotify, yeah. beautiful. And you had the app open in front of you and you were looking at this podcast. You're going, this is, this is a podcast. Mm. What do you think out of five you'd give it as stars? Oh, it'd be five. It'd oh. be five. I just do that because I'm a super positive person. You know, even if it was a podcast dedicated to telling me how I, how shit I was personally <laughs> as Regan, it'd be every, every five minutes telling me I'm a shit ape, I'd still do it because, hey, they put in the effort, you know. Shit ape, shit ape. Five, That's, that's <laughs> what we're going to do for the rest of the episode. <laughs> yeah. Is we would love it if is? you guys would give us five stars on your podcast capture choice. You can do it in app. It's right there. Jump in, do it. That would be fan bloody task of you. Let's get into this then. What have you been up to, Riggs? Well, apart from being in Sydney, yeah, uh, 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 that's you know, it's it's lovely to be here. But before that, um, I was finish finishing up a um, a short documentary in Melbourne. Ooh, um, what's the documentary about? Um, a I can't actually say. Ooh, yeah, because secret it's, squirrel. It's proprietary, so um, <laughs> secret squirrel. Yeah, I don't know. It is, it's from. about secret squirrel, actually. <laughs> well done. How did you fucking know? It's actually about the moon. It's the secret moon. <laughs> <laughs> You're on one today, but <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me. This is my second podcast of the day. I thought all my energy had gone. Wow, that's a Saturday. The, the first sunny day in months, and I'm sat in doing podcasts. Yeah, right. <laughs> I will say, uh, uh, you know, what I like to talk about when I when I come on podcasts or about movies is talk about movies. And, I hope um, so because we're going to be doing that a lot. <laughs> and I, so I went to the Astor. We're talking about, it of course, your, uh, your place of peace, your my church, spiritual, my spiritual home. And um, I saw A two fours just re released uh, the Talking Heads concert movie, Stop Making Sense in four K. Yeah, nice. And it was fucking amazing. Like it's just, it's such a beautiful show. And it was, you know, shot over three nights and thirty five millimeter. And and the, the remaster is incredible. And the sound was outrageous. And people were dancing in the seats and singing. It was just. It was a beautiful experience. So you're a big Talking Heads guy. Oh, I love the Talking Heads. Yeah, nice. My dad got me into them when I was never very really young. dived into them. I've never got like fo- you were Talking Heads guy. Do you I know? love the Talking Heads, but there's this one. Yeah, what the, what is this song? It's their biggest one. When the days go by, what is that? Uh, once in a lifetime. Once in a lifetime. Oh, uh, yeah. For some reason, as a kid, when my dad showed me that song, I was like watching a lot of Robin Williams movies. <laughs> and it, it the voice sounds to me as if it's Robin Williams. Oh, really? So go listen to that song again. And just imagine him in Flubber singing it. Sure. You just imagine and- the genie every time that song comes on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dude, I'm telling you, when you hear like them, when you find yourself, it's, yeah. it's Robin Williams. Yeah, he does. He animates very much. It's, yeah. it, it, anyway, uh, but I am a fan. Side note. I never really got into Talking Heads. That's an interesting one. Maybe I'll give him a second chance. Just watch that movie. And, okay. and like it's they take such huge influence from like funk and soul music and Everybody seems like they're having a really good time. They're really good live versions as well. Like, you know, sometimes you hear a song live and you're like, ah, I like the recorded version better. 
these are almost better than the actual recorded version. I always like the live version better. Yeah. Without failure. Like, without failure, we'll always like the live version. If it's a good artist. There's a lot of artists who can't hold up these days. Sure. If it's someone that I've gone out of my way to see live, not like someone I've accidentally gone into a bar and they're playing. But if it's like (laughs) someone I'm like, I need to see this person, I will almost always be like, this is the definitive. Because you get the little tweaks, little bits that they want to throw in, but maybe didn't quite make the final cut where they go a bit wild on the ending or, you know, like the ending of it's the drummer just goes mad for 10 minutes. Like, that's the stuff that gets me to gigs. That's what I want to see. Yeah, sure. So when it's, when it's you know, the uh, you can listen to the, the recorded version any old time. So this sounds right up my alley. It is, sure. yeah. It's really good. But like what, like the 1975, like somehow I think that that guy's not going to be as good live. You know what I mean? Like I just, <laughs> I don't think he's going to be as good live. Po- I think in his heroin, I think his heroin addict days, probably yeah. not. I, well, I think in, yeah, I don't know. They Isn't he too young to be a heroin addict? Oh man, he was, Mate. he started young. Wow. But, so the interesting yeah. thing about that guy is he had, famous in quotation mark parents so his parents were in soap operas in the uk so he was pretty affluent growing up so i think he skipped like his adolescence and went straight into being like <laughs> straight straight to cocaine straight into at 12 <laughs> get, wow. yeah. <laughs> yeah well i mean you can't be 12 year old and afford cocaine uh, uh so he must have had affluent parents that's the uh that's the anthony kiedis thing except he did quaaludes did you ever read his uh documentary no i need his, to uh, read his book it's meant to be amazing Basically, his dad would just like give him a quaalude from the age of like five. He'd put it in like six or seven up. And he'd wow. put it in his bedana and just go to school, have a quaalude. Whoa. Until he was like, you know, 15. And then he got into harder stuff. Because Under the Bridge Jesus. is about doing heroin under a under bridge. Under a bridge, literally. Literally when he's like 15 or, or like something. Or like freebasing cocaine or something. Yeah. He's, he's crazy, dude. My cousin met him and he said he met him at Coachella and he was like like backstage, got had like the VIP pass. And he said he shook his hand and the guy looked into his eyes and he was like, like he couldn't handle, like he was looking into his soul. Like he's got like those crazy, crazy eyes. Yeah, that would be a waste of time. <laughs> I feel like Flea. I feel like Flea would be the polar opposite of that. Flea would be like this psychopath. You'd look at him, and his eyes like, would just yeah. like flicker everywhere. He, what he, a legend! He's 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 always on. Flea. Yeah. Oh my he's god. So, he was in a movie on. I watched recently. God. What yeah. Random one. What movie was that we watched I recently? That was. Uh, I was like, why the hell Amsterdam? is Flea? In it wasn't this? Killers of the Flower Moon, was it? No, no. We've watched something recently, and we, it was definitely DL. What have you been up to, buddy? Give us a give us oh, a thing. Dude, you've been I've been doing. I've been doing quite a bit, man. I got finally started watching This Is Wrexham. So oh, like nice! A couple episodes in. I'm excited for to get your thoughts on it's, that. It's it's pretty fun. Yeah, it's really. Fun. I guess it's like it gets a, really heartfelt. I mean, it already is. I feel like. Oh, it gets even more so. I, I kind of feel like uh, Ryan Reynolds is a bit more of an intense dude, though, than I realized. Can be. Like only, only in the sense that like, if you're a business partner, I suddenly realized he's like very, like he's a business. Oh, he's a student. Yeah. yeah. And you can tell that what's his name? Um, McElhenney. Yeah. He's not as like, he's kind of just doing it for fun. You know what I mean? I think you'll find as you go through, do you know what this is, by the way? Have you heard about this is Wrexham? Yeah. yeah, Okay, cool. So for anyone who doesn't know, this is Wrexham is a basically documentary about Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney taking over a soccer football, as I would say, club in Wales. That's a failing football club. And it's there progression towards trying to get them out of mediocrity basically and the interesting thing i think you'll find dale as you go through is that mcelhenny's got a lot of acumen in areas that maybe uh ryan Reynolds doesn't so when they're doing a lot of the stuff like meeting potential business partners or being as a part like later later on when they get given the keys to the city and mm-hmm. mcelhenny is way better at that stuff like mm-hmm. i feel like ryan reynolds gets kind of scared when there's like a not scared but when there's a big actual audience in front of him, I think he's a bit like, holy shit, like this isn't my, he's not a stage guy. Yeah. And he sort yeah. of shies, he's good. He obviously, he puts a character on, 
and he'll do his bit, but it's definitely a character that's there. Yeah. Whereas McElhenney, when he's there, he's really genuine. He's clearly got that astuteness to him where he can be like, this is part of my life and I, an honesty to him. I vibe that, especially for like the city stuff. Cause yeah. his whole thing for buying it was like the Philadelphia connection, totally, totally. which like totally makes sense for Wrexham. I think from what I've seen of it in this documentary, it doesn't look like a, a stunning place to live. Like, it, <laughs> Dude, we've talked about this so many times. Everyone says, I want to move to England. And you're like, no, you want to move to London. Yeah. There is a massive <laughs> fucking difference. But what about like Archer and the rolling hills of Wales? Yeah, there's some, be- in, in the, there's some beautiful areas. But if you want to live in a town where there's actual stuff to do, it's shit outside of London for the most part. Maybe Manchester and Leeds. It looks like but... there's much to do there, to be honest. Anyway, no. I, I digress. So I was watching that. What else did I do? I got into uh, the Beatles documentary part two, the Get oh, Back I documentary. I struggled so that? hard no. with that. Oh, I fuck. Well, if you don't like the Beatles, it's kind of hard to watch four hours. I love the Beatles. It. I just don't like how the story's been told. It's this weird, like, flat, linear thing that doesn't really seem to progress. Well, it's just a super intimate look at how they operate. As they, were, as they were getting ready to record that one big special they did on top of... Uh... Have you seen this, Riggs? No, Addy talked about it because he wants to, he loves the Beatles, but I'm not a huge fan, honestly. Beatles or Stones. Uh, see, that's, that's, Everyone that's a trap. That. that is a trap, a trap because I'm kind of like neither of yeah. those. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I like well, them fine, but of that p- time period, I'd be more interested in listening to uh, uh, um, Credence or, or... I thought you were going to mm. say Creed then. I was going to say my man. <laughs> Credence, <laughs> And yeah. you Can are fired you from the podcast. Me higher. <laughs> Dude. That's beautiful. Um, yeah, or yes, or you know, a, a band like that. Um, yeah, nice. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I like them fine, but, but you know, not they're not my thing. I grew up with the Beatles. Do you have I an think era? I had to. I grew up with the Beatles, but I, I and I love them for that. But I think I got into the Stones as an adult, so I feel like it's my brain is more now attached to the Stones. Yeah, I just feel like the Beatles are extremely, extremely creative in the different sounds that they had yeah, throughout the, and, and you, the crazy part is it was only eight years eight years and they had such Mad. sonically different and then like watching this like seeing how how they made the music was so interesting like the like the collaborative process whereas i feel like the stones it was a couple dudes and then like the singer just getting up there and yelling it, like i don't think it was like <laughs> as intimately creative like i don't i and also i just like the beatles more man i like a, a melody driven rock yeah okay which you know i think they've got a lot they've of got that. a lot of that i like the beatles really early stuff if i'm honest with you. it's almost a bit poppier i don't know why but i love when they're really poppier. yeah for some reason and then the psychedelic stuff because for some reason it just gets me yeah like, like my guitar gently weeps era is like me for sure ah, like nice. that part of it yeah, nice, but, nice, nice. Um, and then what was the last thing I did? I started, uh, 1883, you know, I'm a Western oh, guy, yeah. got to get my Western fix in. And then so far it's really good. It's like the prequel to the prequel of Yellowstone. And if, I've never watched Yellowstone, but these two prequels. I watched a bit of Yellowstone in the background cause my partner bloody loves crap TV. So her and her friends were like watching at the same time and it was coming out. They were like, yeah, we need to watch this. And I was like, you know, I'd be doing my podcast notes, whatever I'm doing. I sit in there and I'm like. I do not understand a single fucking word Kevin Costner says in any of it. Not a single word. I can't stand Kevin Costner. That's me thing. neither. And he's, is it is it the culture gap? Is it because you're British, you just can't you can't catch him because nah. it's very American. But like, you can't understand a word he's saying, like literally. No, I'm been a little <laughs> facetious, of course. But... I don't know, man. Sometimes you say things, I'm like, what? The fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, dude. Yeah, why not? No, I think it's. I think he just puts on this drawl that's what too gravelly it just the whole thing it throws it out for me yeah. like everyone else is you can comprehend what they're trying to get at with him i'm like eh, maybe this is an acting choice you, you mean like in this yeah in the show in okay so i haven't seen it can't speak everyone tells me it's kind of like one of those b minus shows that kind of attracts people that like really good yeah. show uh, yeah. 
television, yep. but also people that don't great like good production television. Value. Great production value. But uh, the, the, like the two prequels seem to be a lot more high quality. Like I'm enjoying them. They've got really good actors in them as well. Who's in this one? The guy from uh, The Dude. At the like when he's the guy that interviews the dude in Big Lebowski at the bowling alley bar. What's his name? Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. As, as Tim McGraw. What am I saying? Right. Yeah. yeah. I can't see it, but okay, cool. The dude with the mustache, man. He's he does have like, a wonderful yeah. mustache. Anyway, from what he's, I can uh, see. he's a main he character. A good sass, but really. <laughs> he, he looks like a catch. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, th- th- yeah, I mean, those. I, I tr- I've tried to watch Yellowstone as well, and I'm like. All of these fucking rich motherfuckers being horrible to each other. Yeah. I can't get into no. it. It's just whatever. Kevin Costner's always been like that, though. I recently watched the nearly, is it nearly three hours? It's nearly three hour long Postman. cut of um, Waterworld. Waterworld. I was going to say Waterworld. Yeah. It's uh, it's called the Ulysses cut. Jeez. And I got it on four, I got it in 4K. That's too long. And Waterworld it is, and U- Ulysses? God help me. That's you, too long. Oh. It makes sense if you see it, why it's called that. But even in that, as monosyllabic as he is, when he does talk, it's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> hey, what? What are you I'm saying here? The, I'm going to turn the subtitles Are you underwater again? I can't understand. <laughs> I need to turn up my hearing aid. I don't think I've ever seen Waterworld. Oh, do uh, yourself a favor. Right. I've, I've seen the live action show at Universal <laughs> Studios. <laughs> this is, imme- <laughs> this is immediately going like, to one of our lists. This looks fun. This like, good. I was like a little kid. It's it, like If you watch it now, there's kind of a, a, a quaintness to it because- all of that stuff was done legit, you know. They were yes, they, they yes, were on they yes. were in water tanks on the ocean. The boats were real. The stunts are real. You know, there's very little CG, and when it is, you can tell it a mile off. Like yeah. it was, it was. It's it's something they don't. If they were to do a movie of that size now, fucking ninety percent of it would be CGI. You know? Yeah, unless it was it's no just one. A, you know, it's an interesting artifact. This you, uh, needs to go on one of our lists, and I'm trying to think yeah, of which one baby. to go on. Add I don't know baby. which one it's going on, but it's going go on. Go on the one them. where fucking Riggs is on that episode, <laughs> right? Because I could talk my ass off about the Riggs episodes. We've got eps. so many. It's not sci. It's not really sci-fi, I suppose. I guess it, it's like post-apocalyptic, isn't it? Yeah, let's have be, a yeah. post. Let's start a new post-apocalyptic. Yeah, I got plenty of those. Did you? Did you ever try and read Ulysses? No, oh, I, I had God. to read it's um, gibberish, dude. Yeah, I had to read a, a book that was written by a, an artist in Melbourne called Penelope and Ulysses, which is about that specific part of the story that's going yeah. on beside while while Troy's the, the you know yeah. of Troy's going on because I was going to adapt it to a screenplay, but yeah, it didn't. Um, it was it was dense. Yeah, Ulysses the book is just I don't even I don't even know what's going on in it, but it's very boring. Oh, my head's fired off post apocalyptic. Anyway, yeah, we like, like, let's carry on. Max. Um, I'm like the old ones and new ones. I've done some pretty cool stuff this week. If uh, if you don't mind, well, let's hear it. But I get pretty. I'm gonna say the first one's not pretty cool, but there's a reason why I'm calling it out that we did it this week. So it was the girlfriend's uh, no veto week. We do this a lot. I've told you about this before. So what happens is every weekend one of us can choose a movie if we want to. And that person gets no veto. So the other one can't say no. She can watch whatever the hell she wants. She chooses really great films sometimes. And it makes me really happy. This week, she chose Olympus Has Fallen, which made me (laughs) cringe from every ounce of my being. But, you know, it was big, dumb action. It was silly. And I weirdly kind of enjoyed it. It It's like a throwback look back at like 80s, 90s action films. But the reason I thought it'd be fun to bring up is because it has a couple of actors who are in the film we're talking about today. Yeah. Bloody Moore Van Freeman's in it. Bloody uh, Aaron Eckhart's in it. And I was like, these are good actors in this terrible film. What are they doing here? Are you Money. taking a paycheck? Yes. Yeah, that's precisely. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I did want to call out though is you guys both know my complete hatred of Liam Neeson, correct? Mm-hmm. And the reasoning well, behind that, he's a terrible actor. He jumps off buildings. It's not good. I think Jared Butler, and I'm going to be, I, I don't know if this is controversial, but Jared Butler, 
might be the new Liam Neeson. In that you fucking hate him? Or what? <laughs> <laughs> not at hate just yet. Okay. But I feel you like he's, he's getting old. I feel like he's getting some of the same buildings. Tra- he's got a few of the same things going on. He's in action films he's probably not really set up for. He is not a great actor. His accents are fucking awful. Oh, it's a dog on a chain. So it just bad. Wants <laughs> dog get, on a chain. He just wants to get off that chain so bad. So bad. And like, you know, like he's, he's oh, just- that's a great phrase. <laughs> I mean, everyone in that room has in this room has the same problem. They just happen to be in this country. That's, that's all. fair. That's oh. absolutely fair. Look, for me, Jared Butler, he's becoming that new Liam Neeson. Let's, totally let's fair. leave it as that. <sighs> Sorry, Jared. The one other thing I wanted to call out I've done this week is, um, and I, I don't recommend Olympus Fallen to fucking anyone. It's bad and boring. But the other thing, it somehow got two sequels. Mm. How? Who liked it enough to have two sequels? The mar- the last one, I think it was London Has Fallen, and then the, the whatever the next one is, Angel Has Fallen. Okay. Right? Which is where Gerard Butler, he's he goes on the run because he gets framed for uh, killing some motherfucker, the president. Perhaps. Again. And he goes into hiding with his dad, played by Nick Nolte. Oh. And it ends with them at a spa. <laughs> like, there's a stinger scene in the credits where they're at a they're at one of those hydro places where you're sitting in the water that's, like, heavily oxygenated. And, and, and I'm like, what the fuck? Is this is this a sequel set up? Is there going to be an attack at the spa? Like oh, absolutely bizarre. That. Makes me think of Rush Hour. You know the bit where they go to the massage place. Exactly <laughs> like that, except probably a little bit less racist. <laughs> I forgot how it racist little... that movie. <laughs> it is <laughs> racist as a 1940s all of newspaper those ra- man. All it those is movies. outrageous. <laughs> all of those it movies are wild. so racist. Uh, final one, very quickly. Then something I definitely would recommend uh, if you have any interest in well superhero stuff. Taking taking tropes and turning them on the head is I watched the full series of Gen V, which yeah. is the new spinoff of The Boys. Now, sure. uh, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, actually. Uh, I watched the first episode and I wasn't really vibing it for the mm. first half. I was like, this is, uh, it's all right. It's mm. not bad. I gave it its due. I finished the first episode. I watched a couple more that evening just because I was like, I, was, I thought I was going to give it three. And if it's bad, I'm going to turn it off. After three, I was hooked enough to keep going. Some of the characters are really compelling. It's that whole satire of superheroism and, you know, the Frank Miller thing, but quite good. And it kind of leads almost directly into the next season of The Boys. I kind of like that. Is the, is the like quality yes. degrees below nope. or above? or Same quality. Characters are... Yeah, they're really fleshed out. They're really interesting. I like that. They're all sort of teenagers in mm. it. So they're all... So the idea is, if you don't know Riggs or anyone who doesn't know, it's uh, a, a high school slash college for up and coming superheroes. So they're supposed to learn, you know, how to crime fight, how to do social media stuff, all, all, all of the above. But what you find out quickly, and it's in the trailer, so I'm not spoiling anything, is that it's actually a, a facility that they're all been, some of them have been experimented on in there as well. Mm. So what ah. they're trying to do is, you, you find out during the series, they find out various things about superheroes and maybe, yeah, there's some good twists in there. I like the twists, but like you say, DL, quality's really high in it. Like they keep the boys level quality some real gross out scenes there's a fabulous bit where one of the characters pops another guy's penis oh god really brutal to watch but like Boys, yeah, dude, it's yeah, just yeah too yeah. much like there's you always know that's something gonna like once an episode and you're never ready for it yeah <laughs> i was not ready for that scene either it snuck up on me the, the worst and best thing about the boys is there's been two times my partner has ever come into a room while i've been watching the boys slash gen v Mm. first one was uh, have you seen the second season of the boys by any chance yeah you know the part where the man goes really small and goes into oh, the guy's yes. penis another penis trauma that was the first time she walked in terrific sat down stood up walked straight back out the That's second time <laughs> the second time was when this guy's penis exploded now I don't know how but I managed to convince her after that that 
It's oh, not just it's about dumb, penises. It's they, dumb they, trash. It's not all about penises. Are. This is a dumb teenage drama at its core. You can stick around for this one. She watched that. She actually really enjoyed it as well, which is nice. I thought you were going to say the part where he's like fucking an octopus. <laughs> that was in the which same episode, I think, as the, been, the yeah, man going to the Such a bizarre show. And didn't he expand? He exploded the guy from inside? Yeah, because he sneezed. Because he's, like, he's just <laughs> taking cocaine and he sneezed and his powers collapsed. And he oh, no. Oh, uh, there's some really interesting exploration of different kinds of powers in this one as well. It's not just all, this guy's the Superman, this guy's the Wonder Woman. One of them has like these blood powers whereby she has to cut herself and then the blood comes out and she can make it turn into things like she can throw it like a knife or like yeah. a lasso. And wow. Yeah, it's, that's pretty fun. And what? Not fun's the wrong word. That's pretty interesting. And then there's another one where the, one of the girls has to like, she, she can shrink and expand and grow. But the way to do it is by her calorie intake. So if she wants to shrink really fast, she's got to make herself vomit. So there's this like through line. You don't see a vomit in particular, but there's this through I mean, line of like the mental health aspects of that. It's it's quite well done, to be honest. Does she, so she shrinks and gets bigger. Yeah. Does she explode a genital? <laughs> no. At any point? No. I'm just assuming at no. this point. No. There know. is a great scene. I don't know if this is in the trailers. I don't know if I'm ruining anything for you, but there is a great scene where this guy comes around to hook up with her and he's like, it would be really cool if you were really tiny on my penis, which sounds really weird to say out loud. But like she shrinks right down and she's like jerking it. Like I was like, gonna ask, is there hand jobs in this show? And there fucking is. Like she, it's not even it a hand job, it's a full body job. <laughs> a full body job. Where yeah. is it in the timeline? Is it like before? It's between I think I, I don't actually know that, but I think yeah. it's between two and three. Because it's the, supposed to lead directly into season three. The, the, yeah, uh, they're talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the meme I sent you. Is a oh, yeah, Homelander. Homelander and Superman. It's like what they teach you and you about US history yeah, yeah. and it's Superman and it's like reality Homelander. <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> go ahead like, and oh, just assume that's the case. If you're the resident American, oh, in the room, dude. So. It, I mean, like, well, at least like when I was a kid, yeah, they didn't. They don't talk about like no, they do not. All the massive. They're like Columbus sailed the ocean blue in 1492 or whatever it was. They don't tell you about all the other stuff <laughs> and that he stole <laughs> all the, country, the yeah. other stuff. The dysentery. He was just like a really bad dude. But then we got to watch Kills of Flower moon and i've never quite got over it so, yeah, so why don't we just go why make don't a, we just carry on with life a columbus movie that also depresses me jesus christ maybe not guys let's move on swiftly uh dl <laughs> i'm gonna throw to you my man <laughs> rodeo that shit um do you want to preface our main topic it's the main topic theme which will be full spoilers this yes week. dude our our main topic is i think tommy has kind of indicated is in the christopher nolan ilk and if you listen to the last time Riggs was here. We did uh, Batman again. So this time we're following up with The Dark Knight 2008. To 15 years. <laughs> which, which is really confusing <laughs> to me because I thought I saw it. I thought I saw it in uni, but no, I think I did see it in high school. Now that I'm going back. Because like, I think this is just my first year of university, yeah. I believe. What about you, Riggs? How old get are you? Get fucked, everybody in this room. <laughs> everybody can get fucked. Yeah. Uh, no, okay, when did Dark Knight come out? I was... 2008. I graduated high school in 2000. Brilliant. So... <clears throat> that says a lot. Anyway, but I'm aging backwards. Hey, so I got that full bench. You're like butt. a fine wine, dude. Yeah, better looking than the both of us. It's put it's, together. It's yeah. the sunburn that's it's, doing most yeah, of the heavy it's this lifting. Red yeah. tan. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Looking like someone's been throwing beat you, but well then, let, I'm going to leave this to professionals this week. Do you guys have stupid plot summaries? We do. You go yeah. first. Should I go first? Yeah, All right. Please. Let me let me start this. This bad is the boy legitimate off. one. Hum your engines. Dumb summary for the Dark Knight. Batman fights for justice with rules. Joker just wants chaos and calls it a Tuesday. It's a battle of order versus anarchy, but someone forgot to tell them Gotham citizens are not a philosophical debate club. Meanwhile, Rachel gets cast, making Gotham's dating scene as confusing as the Joker's origin story. 
<laughs> I like that a lot. That was very good. Uh, Beautiful. And he dropped his, he dropped the mic as well. Succinct yeah. for a really fucking long movie. Riggs? I'm mine. I've got two. They're shorts. The first one is a more legitimate one, much like uh, DL's. Uh, the high bar for series sequels conceals its true nature behind capes and madmen. This is a Jim Gordon story. <laughs> yes, vibes. It so is. And and my silly one is: imagine a female protagonist so poorly conceived that even after recasting, they still fucking kill her. <laughs> that's the it's, it's just like that's a winner. That's right a there. That's just, just punchy. <laughs> that's a winner. It's right not there. really a summary, but it's punchy. It's, it's, it's a summary of her existence. It's a summary of that character from Katie Holmes to yeah. the Guggenheim or whatever. We are going to talk about that. Because I, I have a, I have opinions on that character. She's what's his name's sister, right? Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah. Speaking of, this is bringing Man. all the bad boys back together. This is bringing back such some casts, right? So Christian Bale's back. Uh, Michael Caine's back. We have Gary Oldman, Morgan Freeman's back, Cillian Murphy's back. But we've also got some fantastic new additions to this lineup. So Heath Ledger is the Joker, who we will talk about. Posthumously won the Oscar, if I believe, if I'm right. All right, uh, Aaron Eckhart has as Darby, uh, Darby Hent. I'm going to leave that oh, in Darby there. That's Hint. fine. <laughs> Darby Hent's in this. We also have Maggie Gyllenhaal, as you mentioned before, who is replacing Katie Holmes. Correct. As yeah, as Rachel. I have opinions. Do you? Do you just before get- we get into the meat of it, please. I just you guys used to have a segment called Goofy IMDb, <sighs> and I've bring us back for so long. I've I've had one for each episode i've been on and you've ignored it so i'm doing it this time and this is uh the fantastic william fickner okay uh who is we're gonna show our current goofy andy picture champion before we jump into william fickner oh sure who's been held off for a hot hot moment but she's back baby thanks to you riggs i appreciate you for bringing this up this is lady in waiting susan berger so <laughs> what a name. none of us are entirely sure what this picture is about. <laughs> Riggs, can you explain this to our fabulous listeners? Oh, come on. That's a mugshot. <laughs> That's a fucking so mugshot. For anyone who is new to Goofy IMDb Picture, this isn't about saying this person looks ugly or this or that. It's like, IMDb is your, like, that is where people find you as an actor. That is your that is your place of peace. That is your church, as Reeves would say. And uh, why on earth would you have this as your picture? What is she in? What's the movie? Uh, it's a long story. I can't remember off the top of my head. We'll come back to it. What I will say is that looks like a site that you'd see at like your random DMV in Reno. <laughs> like, what's going on there? It maybe she's been in Reno nine one one. She 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 looks similar to. Um, oh, she's know. changed it. She's um, changed her IMDb picture. She she was listener. She heard, baby. Someone What's told her. Samantha Burger, are you listener a, are of you the pod. What else has she You're been very in? Welcome. She's been in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I know that. Um, up. She was in The Tragedy of Macbeth. Oh, she was the witch, the, lady. Uh, the witch lady. As the witch lady. I don't think she was. But anyway, no, we'll carry no. on. Who was yours, mate? Mine Who's is, the challenger? Mine is William Fickner, who, who, who is quite a, a, a wonderful actor. You'll know him from uh, Go, uh, Black Hawk Down, Armageddon, Crash. And he's in this. And he's the guy... Who's um the manager at the mob bank that gets done? And, in the- yes, oh. yes, you and your friends are dead. I guy. love him. Right, his IMDb picture, though quite you yeah, know, a, um, right? quite nice. Right, <laughs> is that right? It's the hair and everything. He looks like a person who you would see smoking outside of a hospital. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know what he looks like. He looks like he's sucking on a lemon. <laughs> he's, uh, he's like. Yeah. 
And I just, because I, he's sort of like a, you know, a, a well-established He's a good-looking guy. He's a well-established actor, and he looks like he's going for, like, you know, network-level NCIS. Yeah, roles. he's got a leather he's, jacket on. Yeah, like, what's that about, dude? NCIS dude, you better a fucking than this. series set in Sydney now. Did you know that? Yeah, really? I didn't, but believe it. My fiance did Cartwheel. She loves that show so much. She's like, I'm here. Like, yeah, it's NCIS, this one. <laughs> well, what we normally do for Goofy and I picture is, DL chooses the winner, but I guess we can both have a vote on this. No, I I think the guest has to. Oh, I guess you you, you brought it. You up. brought it. So yeah, we can do a double vote, and you're the deciding vote compared we, to. Oh yeah, how about that? Yeah. How about we do that? Yes, we'll compared do. to the uh, the challenger, you you are the challenger, and old what's her name, Sarah Susan Berger. Susan Susan Berger. Sarah Berger, the, uh, incumbent. Go on, you. you I, I have to give it to Susan. Yep. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, she has changed her picture though on IMDb, so so she's does she, does she count anymore? Is she disqualified? Is it just a full, like, shot of an anus or something? Like, what is it now? <laughs> it's a chocolate starfish. That would be an improvement. <laughs> it's actually a fairly normal picture, so I think I'm going to have to give it to the challenger on this. Okay. All okay. right. Will there you Fickner. go, Will. Uh, well done, Mr. Fickner. You you are our goofy INDB picture, so we are going to bring that back full time from now on. That is back, baby. The only challenge was when we did something, we did I Am Mother last week. That's Four people in that film. Mm. How do, you can't choose a goofy one when one they're of them's normal a looking folks. <laughs> Two of them are the robot. The, oh, yeah, right. the robot. One of them is the, voice was a, was of the robot. One of them is the operator. So basically, right, the bat's back, baby. But perhaps Rachel isn't. <laughs> like that's the that's the the easing into this film. Yeah, it's the it's the follow up to Batman Begins from I think it was two thousand three. I should probably know that that no, we talked about two thousand five. Two thousand five. Okay, so that was only, it was only three years after. Yeah, three years in between. Uh, what really worked for me in this film was the ambiguity of the Joker. I'm going to go straight into this. This is full spoilers, guys. So we're going to be talking about this. The movie's fifteen years old. Yeah. yeah what worked for you in this? particularly i think you know to that point um you know two things to say about the joker one is two people have won oscars for playing yeah. this character and yeah, fucking yeah. no one talks about it that would be the equivalent of if bella lugosi and christopher lee both won oscars for playing dracula <laughs> you know what i mean it's just it's a really weird thing but to your point that you said before um, tommy was like yeah or nick cage yeah um <laughs> i would prefer nick cage personally yeah. yeah yeah i'd love it if he won an oscar oh no he did he won an oscar for leaving las vegas oh yeah did he yeah, oh, yeah. um but uh, more to the point you said you know that's that joker movie he's not really the joker but um and, and the thing that struck me uh, this time rewatching it because I got the 4Ks, which are beautiful restorations, yeah. is that the opening shot. You know, it's not the opening shot, but the shot of um, the first time you see Heath as the Joker and he's backs to you and he's holding the mask, and then the car pulls up and he goes off. When you first saw that, I mean, you could you intimate no that it was him, but you didn't know that it yeah, was yeah. him yet. And then he starts clipping people off, and you only tell by the mask when you realize the, that is the mask that is being worn by the Joker. Yeah, and then when he finally takes it off, you know, stranger. That that is what hit me. Like, wow, I, I don't remember not knowing what this performance was. Same. Yeah. It's it's like ingrained in the cultural lexicon now. I think mm. it is it is yeah. huge. And I'm actually thinking about starting a new like uh, YouTube anthology thing, whatever it's going to be, of like perfect introductions in movies. That's one we talked about the first Indiana Jones Raids of the Lost Ark Absolutely. fairly recently. That is a perfect introduction to a character. And I'm just thinking. I mean, there's so many really really good ones. And just like getting into it a little bit, talking about it, makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. I'm like. The first time you see that and you realize at the end it's the Joker and he does the whole like, no, I have to kill the bus driver. It's, yeah. it's perfect. Yeah. Like wall to wall perfect. And I think that is such a fabulous way to set up this film. I mean, I, I, the performances, 
why why it has such a through line and why to this day I still enjoy rewatching it. There's a number of reasons, but something I really took out of this rewatch was I just think Nolan really did nail the theme of like what how far can you take an ideal and can when you when you take an ideal to a certain point is that good does it do damage can it be uh, can it be both and I think that you have a really really good I guess uh, foil of Batman and Gordon in this way in a lot of times kind of like just investigating that question and. I think that was uh, something that I don't see a lot in Nolan's new movies, but I have seen in his old ones, and I remember. Now, it's, it's interesting you say that, because I am going to be a little contrary in okay. this. Contrary, shall we say? in Contrarian? This, yeah, I'm going to be that in this episode, because this film just gets lavish with praise all the time. And not many people pick at the little bits, the there little threads. Bits. And there, there are, are some, some bits. bits. And yeah. like, I was watching it, and this, admittedly, I was. it's been a really tough week at work. I was very tired when I started watching it. This is the first time I've ever watched this film and been like, oh, this is a really, really long film. You know what I mean? Like, Third act drags. It's so, I mean, don't get me wrong. I actually really like that exploration of uh, Two-Face and how they dive into that. And we'll, we'll talk about that in a moment. But I got to that part where Rachel dies and I was like, holy fuck, there's another hour of this to go. And like, it's not, there's nothing bad with that. And in fact, I loved it. When I was in the cinema at the time, I've been like, there's another hour of this to go. Amazing. But on a rewatch this time, I was like, ah, that's that's a lot. And I think it talks to a lot of the the good and bads of Nolan that we talk to a lot of the time when we go into his anthologies, that some of the things that I would have really liked him to do more of, you know, more Rachel, what is what is her personality? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he he's no good at he doesn't seem to be that good at that. Whereas the other side of it, so the big spectacles, the flipping of the truck, the the Joker's madness like works so well in this, but there's just little things that I'm like, I think I totally vibe you on the Rachel. I mean, she, I don't know who you, you either have to sacrifice yeah, agreed. and give Rachel more. Like, I just don't think there's enough space for another, like you, cause you're doing Gordon. You're doing, you, they do investigate Bruce Wayne pretty heavily here and his basically cognitive dissonance of like, Oh, I, the systems fix itself, but he ignores the fact that he is the reason He's why the they're reason, able yeah. to imp- get all these criminals yeah. like it's still broken um so I, I don't know where you fit it in but that is that is the gap and that's and that's a challenge yeah. i almost feel like this could have just been two movies like expand that out give us more rachel in the first half and then give us more dent in the second like i'm not uh, i i get it like nolan's a busy guy he's got a lot of other things to do but it this could be two films it could could have been a quadrilogy rather than a trilogy you know what i mean but so the movie starts then obviously we talked about the joker is unleashing chaos uh, he emerges into Gotham and effectively he's challenging the new order. And I love that about him in this. And that's how the movie kicks off. And you get this weird sense of, like you say, Batman doesn't know how to deal with this. This yeah, is the first person he can't punch into doing what he wants. Well, yeah. and it's, it's the first person that doesn't really follow the like normal, um, I guess, incentives of crime, right? It's like, yeah. he doesn't want anything. Yeah. No, it's like, exactly. Yeah. It's an, it's a, it's a escalation of the ideal to juxtapose Batman's ideal. And it's like, well, what does that mean? Like for what I've done. And I think I really enjoyed that investigation. Um, I like the stakes of it as well. Like it's not, it's more for the soul of Gotham. It's, it's not, we're going to blow up the world or the universe or, you know, whatever Marvel movies do this time. There's a big God. fucking sky beam. Yeah. It's just a small sky story beam. about two guys. <laughs> there was no sky beam yeah. other than the bat signal. Exactly. <laughs> does that count as a sky no, beam? No, absolutely not. No. Who knows? I feel like as far as the, the, the dichotomies of, of you know your, your, your antagonist and your protagonist 
it's it's the perfect distillation of those characters. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Um, and I don't. You never feel like they're like they're ever really going to figure it out. Yeah, it's what Joker says at the end when he's hanging. He's like, you know, you won't kill me because you have some sort of self righteousness, you know, yeah. or, or to, to justice, and I won't kill kill you because you're too much fun. I, I think we're destined to do this forever, yeah. and that's what it is. They it's, will it's never so be able to understand. I remember, there was a comic once where they gave. Uh, I can't remember who wrote it, but they gave the Joker antipsychotics and he became lucid for a period and he spoke to Batman and he was like, no, I just fucking hate you and I love killing people. <laughs> it's not because I'm crazy. I'm crazy as well as yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. that's what I think about Heath. And because the character is so ambiguous, like you said before, mm. in that he has multiple origin stories that he tells, yeah, nothing like in his pockets but knives and lint. You know, he just is. I love that. He's yeah. such a, 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 there is no, like, Ra's al Ghul wanted to, Liam Neeson's character, wanted to destroy Gotham because it's about order yeah. and it's about, you know, r- clarity and removing decadence and, you know, removing opulence to to bring this all, it's almost communism, you know. It's like, it's, it's like the exact opposite. Uh, like, that's yeah. why it's such a good, like, that's why these two movies actually service each other, yeah. I think. In a way that I'm not sure the second service is the third, to be honest, if we're talking about the whole trilogy. The Joker's, yeah. uh, the Joker's plan is almost a critique of Raj al Ghul. Yes. In a way, the complete juxtaposition of it, like yes, you're about totally. to say. And that's fascinating as like a distillation, like you say, of like, what was Batman's endgame in that first film? Like he wanted order, but he wanted his order. So why is his order better than Raj al Ghul's? And I get it. It's it's the violence that it takes to to bring that order. Mm. But it's a violence can do a very different thing, as well, you can but, see yeah. in this movie. And then you go up against something like as like from something so regimented and and to your point, principled to something that is yeah just yeah the opposite. Like totally. how did you, seeing Bruce Wayne handle that, it was was interesting to me. I think I think the thing that really struck me the first time I saw this movie, and I don't it didn't uh, it didn't necessarily strike me the first time I saw Batman Begins because Begins keeps a little bit of the gothicness of gotham especially when you see the projects and all those regions but this that's Mm. this is basically just big american city generic right like it's not it's tim burton's never seen batman like this before you know what i mean like the first thing i struck was that the world building was it's moved way beyond any of the comic bookness of gotham being that gothic Mm. type city it started being with they they stopped shooting on on backlots like yep. they shot on sets um, yeah you know almost exclusively like shot in in the buildings and on location yeah. in chicago and sorry you look at the batman with pattinson they did the same thing but they just did it in like scotland where those types of architectures remain mm. so it's very much i think a choice by nolan to be like this needs to be an americanized city yeah yeah and and, and having it be more angular you know, we talked about it on the Batman Begins episode that we did, where the color palette desaturates mm-hmm. as you go f- forward with these films to the point where Dark Knight Rises is almost black and white. Um, and and I think it's a really he does that in order to to accentuate what you're talking about because it's 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 a really uh, uh, the two schools of thought about you know what the Joker is and what Batman is. It's like it's almost like socialist and and anti-socialist, and yeah. it's also you know can be a capitalist and 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 non-capitalist and it's that and and in order to do that you have to make sure everything's nice and sharp it's really interesting this feels like the realist batman city we've seen mm. but then the joke is almost like a cartoon it's yeah. like stripping a cartoon out of like 
his world and throwing him into this, like like you say, this perfectly saturated, perfectly angular city and seeing all of his round edges. It's fascinating. Yeah. Dropping him into that that opening scene where he walks in and you go, ah, even my jokes are bad. You know, like that. That's <laughs> a, and you're like, okay, this is a, like the energy changes completely. And that's yeah. that's Heath. That's 100% yeah, Heath. Dude, like, he's it's not so just good. the Joker. I love, I love the part where it's like, I love how they don't like have to, ex- they, they do explain it at the end about the whole dichotomy of Batman's view versus but like he, they give little hints throughout where he's like, just fucking do it. I want you to do it. Like when he's like driving at him, I was like, ah, oh, I didn't pick that up the first like first five times where I've forgotten about it. And I liked it a lot. What do you guys think about? There's not many superhero films or in general films that have like a rising arc of like introduce you to two villains and do it well. I think I think that's the point. And I think like this one is the closest I've seen to doing it well. So you might maybe maybe you disagree, but do you have any thoughts on that? Well, the Batman films are the sort of the, the progenitor of this being a problem. Yeah. They did it, you know, Batman returns. Okay. You've got the Catwoman and the Penguin perfectly, yeah. um, you know, even more so than Batman in that film, they're perfectly uh, 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 drawn out. You know, they both get an origin and it makes perfect sense and, and they're great together. But then you get into those other ones and you've got like, you know, Poison Ivy and a version of Bane and it just kind of, it all gets a bit too muchery. But in this, because Joker is directly responsible for, and as much as he says, I'm a dog chasing cars. No, he's not. No, yeah. he's not. He's absolutely knows what he's doing and he's super calculating and he gets where he wants to be, which is to destroy Harvey Dent. And then as a symbol backs off. Yeah. Created by Batman. Like, now, that's yeah. what I was going to say. Like yeah. the, the, the real interesting part of this is that you, it, it isn't necessarily the building of two villains through the whole piece. It's the building of a hero and then crumbling him to becoming a villain. And that's what I think Nolan's done really well here. He subverted your expectations. You expect exactly that. The villain's going to be a villain all the way through, but maybe not. Perhaps, you know, there's a, another way to become a villain that we haven't maybe introspectively thought of before. But let's ask the real question. Mm. What do you think of the Batman suit? Sexy. <laughs> I mean, like, sexy is it man. different than the first? Yeah, it is a little different. Yeah, And then he has to change it halfway through because he's like, I want to turn my head. The the functionality of it's really interesting, and I do like the leaner costume. I think it's cool, Me and too. it's you know more more sort of like the helmet, and the battle armor, and it doesn't. It feels more battle armory, doesn't it? Yeah, it's got that vibe to it. What do you think of like the gliding? See, they kind of take that out of this a little bit. In the first one, fucking glides everywhere. Well, now he basically... just literally flies, <laughs> or like can just jump out of buildings and land. It's yeah, he's he's it. It's got a little bit of that comic book bookiness to it which i appreciate i think it's that shot where he comes off the tower in in hong yeah. kong and yeah. swoops around you hear the beautiful the score sort of pulls out for a second you hear the flapping and then he turns his body body in and barrel rolls in midair and 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 to go through a window so he's he's he pulls them yeah. closed and then loses all the you know updrift and goes straight through that window like yeah it's it's the action is baller in this movie. There's some yeah. really cool scenes. Yeah, too. right. Yeah, let's 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 come back to action in a minute. Let's just talk. So the plot then, effectively, as we're talking to, is it builds up Harvey Dent as potentially being the White Knight, the hero, hero, the actual Paradigm. hero of Gotham. Yes, and the Joker manages to flip that on its head by kidnapping Rachel, killing her. We'll talk about Rachel in a second. Uh, and boom and harvey oh, becomes two-faced which is because he has his face burnt off effectively and there's a really interesting element of that which is we we all know that chris nolan doesn't love cgi mm. but he wanted to do that practically with makeup to his face to make him look like you know this this is a real thing but he found that whenever they were adding practical effects it always 
increased the volume of his face, so it added to his face in some way. And he was like, well, if he's had his face burnt off, it's going to need to be reduced. Mm. So he went yeah. with the CGI route, which I think works like really well for that character in this. Yeah. And he's one of my actual standouts. This. Like the, every time I watch this, I always think about he, I think about Morgan, I always think about Morgan Freeman, Morgan Freeman, Michael Caine, but Aaron Eckhart, like, God, he's good. He chews a lot of scenery in this. He's really on fire in this film. Rachel! Rachel! <laughs> when you start Rachel! seeing him turn, so where he kidnaps the, the, um, uh, Dave Desmolchen and, and who's like the acolyte. Love that guy, by the way. He's yeah, been, he's, he's fantastic. A constant in our, um, goofy and B pictures. Yeah. He's, he's, he's goofy at, at all angles. Him in prisoners, fucking forget about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, where he takes the bullets out of the gun and he's threatening him and he's like, I wouldn't. Like, that's when you start seeing it happen. And then yeah. the, the turn is, when uh, uh, he's in the bed and Gordon's there and he's like, you know, what was the name that you guys called me back at, you know, yeah. at, um, Major Crime? Two-Faced Dent. Am I dying to be closer, do I? Yeah, it's Two-Faced Dent and he's yeah. like, say it! Like just yeah. that, that sort of, uh, that's why I was backing off a bit. <laughs> um, uh, uh, that's where the turn has happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I th- what's interesting leading, leading up to that turn and something that I really love about this movie is there's like a darkly comedic edge to them mm. and he kind of, kind of keeps that into his two-face part as well but just in a more like sadistic way but like aaron eckhart definitely michael kane they're throwing some serious comedy in this film like every of michael kane's lines sounds like he's ad-libbed it's, <laughs> it's it's, like, he's got a very specific delivery too yeah absolutely like, it's so dry it's so british <laughs> i mean michael kane and then like the fucking the, the other comedy guy is the like who's the gangster the good-looking gangster. Oh yeah, like a, Eric yeah. Roberts. Is it that's dude. Julia Roberts's brother? Stop it, it. Yeah, Maroni. No, serious, Maroni, man. the guy that plays Maroni. Yeah, he's in some fantastic Lifetime movies yeah. that are called. That's a Stalk by My Doctor series where he plays this doctor who do, doctor plays this doctor who gets obsessed with like teenaged oh, God. Uh, 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 people he treats and like stalks them and stuff. Jesus. And there's like three of the movies. In one of them, he has a mul- an, uh, another personality that is a version of him, but just in a Hawaiian. Hawaiian shirt. It's <laughs> fucking amazing. Like, well, you, I've seen him in a real stuff. version of Moonlight. Yeah. I just forget yeah. what he. Yeah. <laughs> just put a wine show on, guys. His yeah. Fourth, yeah, that's his fourth personality, actually. But no, Maroni. What was I going to say? He has a he has a freaking line where he's like, he's like, who, who are his friends? Friends? Have you met this guy? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're just yeah. like, we're all like, so you're, it's like the viewers take. You're like, yeah, dude. Like, I feel like friends. that's how you'd react in that situation as well. You'd be like, dude, like, come on, <laughs> you like, really if you look at this, like, dude, you are so off. <laughs> or that where they were in the nightclub, and the one's like, can we go somewhere where it's quiet? We could talk. <laughs> what makes you think I want to hear you <laughs> it's talk? Like, oh, dude, it's like so, this such an asshole for such a serious gritty movie. There is genuinely like a lot of comedy in it. Well, well, yeah, and oh, well, and also like, I, he's so like. It's it's tough because like Batman and Bruce Wayne like they, there's so many people that steal the show I think from Christian but he or so what do I keep, Christian Bale he does a great job in particular playing like Bruce Wayne like he he comes off as such an asshole oh yeah but it's like so good he's like, supposed to as well uh, like I like that of course about it. but he but like he does it so well that it's like natural like you're like I actually believe someone could be like this the like, bit where he takes all the ballerinas so he can't, so they can't go on their <laughs> day is just fucking beautiful i love that or when he's like i hope not like she's like harvey's told me or she's like rachel's told me so much about you told like, me everything about yeah, you yeah, I, hope, I hope so i hope not like it's like <laughs> so swithy like oh, just- the fundraiser is the perfect example of that because he walks in from the helicopter and he's like you know even his hand gestures are weird like you know um uh, uh nice campaign slogan harvey <laughs> but, you know blah, blah blah and that's him being bruce wayne 
And then a little bit later on, she comes out and says, you know, Harvey might not know you well enough to know when you're making fun of him, but I do. And he's like, no, I meant every word. Like, that's then the real Bruce Wayne yeah. who's talking, who, you know, is speaking to someone who knows he's Batman. Yeah. And then later on, before he gets in the costume, when he fucking choke holds Dent to knock him out when the Joker turns up, yep. she's like, what are you doing? He goes, they're here. Like, he does the <laughs> Batman verse. In, within that one scene, he's yeah. three different people. You're right. And that's like all within like two minutes. Exactly. Yeah. I should show it. There's a really funny bit later on in the film. I, I found it funny. But uh, so, you know, when later on Lucius Fox is given the wall of screens and you can yeah. find it based on mobile phones, quite, quite an interesting idea. Very mm. uh, big brother. Like they're the only two people in the room, in a sealed room. And Lucius Fox knows who he is, but he's still talking in the Batman voice. <laughs> and I'm like, bro, just talk normally. Just, like, you, why save you your this? ass. Save yeah, your method, ass. Exactly he can't that. drop it. Otherwise, he, he might can't. drop it when it's important. That's how, very how true. How about Morgan Freeman with the one? That's so true. It is a character. Uh, how about Morgan Freeman with the one-liner like, wait, so you've discovered this billionaire is secretly a vigilante yeah, yes. selling military technology and your plan is to blackmail him? Yeah, so good. <laughs> like, yeah exactly. Sound, dude? Yeah. That guy's such a dick. Yeah. He's can can I just dream. outline that in this Maggie Gyllenhaal is absolute trash? Like, I don't know. I don't know what it is. And I know you like her in this. I don't think no, she's don't, a bad no. actress. I just think she's got, what does she got? You know, like, I, she doesn't have doesn't a lot have much yeah, to give. In fairness, she doesn't have a lot to get her teeth into this yeah, film. I think like, we kind of talked to that. But at the same time, like, you go from Katie Holmes, who I, like, I know she's not amazing in that first film, but she does the fear scene really well when she's supposed to be terrified. She had the, the scarecrow toxin yeah, and all that stuff. She's not great, though. She's not, but then you, I don't want to wait. You go from a C <laughs> to like an E. <laughs> like, this is like a major step down. Surely you can do better than Maggie Gyllenhaal. Well, I, I think like Maggie Gyllenhaal's acting was undeniably better than. Katie, oh, I don't know. Uh, what's her name? Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes. Um, I honestly remember seeing the movie and being like so confused because like Katie Holmes is beautiful. Maggie Gyllenhaal, like she's a good-looking woman, but it's like I—I I don't know. It's like such a step yeah, change in look yeah. that it like it didn't sit right for me when I first saw it. But her it sounds way better. I, I don't. I I agree that Maggie Gyllenhaal is a better actor in general than Katie Holmes. I don't think she's good in this. I think there is a role. Uh, there is a way to play this where you get more out of her. If you were to put someone like Rosario Dawson in this role, or shit. Uh, uh, you know, Heath was at, at the time. I mean, they, they were kind of not together anymore. But um, if you're talking about Dawson's Creek cast, Michelle Williams, <laughs> like, she would have been better as it. You know, she 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 don't want to wait either. Yeah, she don't want to wait did, either. Why did Kate Holmes get get dropped for this movie? Do you know, Scientology. I think it was like a Tom Cruise thing. <laughs> I, yeah. I think it was that too. I, was, yeah. I think that might have also been an excuse. Like Nolan was pressured to, pressured to, to to hire her. I'm sure of it. You know, it's like, hey, it's Warner Brothers. Can we get some? Kate yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like, you reckon? Like, whatever. You I just like want to make Batman. Yeah. yeah. And then after that, he's like, done that. The Prestige did really well, like surprisingly well for, for what it was. And they're like, hey, can you come back and do another Batmans? We love it. And he's like, yeah, for sure. But, you know, I'm going to recast. Fair. So the movie then carries on as the Joker plays. Uh, the, the Joker plays my games with Batman, right? And he, become, he, he, he gets into this moral dilemma where he grapples with the Joker's escalating chaos and the public's uh, reliance on Harvey Dent. He's got to make some tough decisions about Gotham as the film carries on. And I... I really like when you like people start to die and he starts to panic. That's a weird thing to say out loud, but like, like it's that. a really great, you like that. yeah, nobody gets it. It's a really interesting like look into the psyche of someone who's never really been challenged this way before. It's how does he deal with it, and he does not deal with it well. No, he's, and because up until that point. You know, Batman Begins is a perfect example. The entire first half of that movie is is the journey within. Absolutely. And so when he does start 
doing things and 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 you know he is rescuing people in uh, a Batman Begins. He saves the city from the fear toxin and all that stuff. This is where you actually do start getting a body count. Like there starts yeah. to be victims here, and he's like, I can't be everywhere all the time, mm-hmm. um, and it makes him feel impotent you know yeah. as it, it, in all all the training it's like that great scene in um superman uh, 78 where he's standing at the grave of 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 his father when he's still a teenager with his mum and he's like all this strength all these powers and i still couldn't save him that's what batman's in like no matter what he does it's never going to be the right choice yeah i mean that is the the interesting thing about Batman, he isn't super in any way. Mm. Even if he was, like Gotham's so screwed. <laughs> like, how's, <laughs> how's he going to say? But the thing I mentioned up top, and probably a constant nitpick I'm going to have with this film, is that, so let's say we're at the point where Harvey's now Two-Face, we have the blow, blowing up the hospital, all this stuff is amazing. It's so engrossing, and you're so invested, you put so much emotional energy into this film already, and then you look and you go, there's still another hour of this film to go. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know where you cut bits out, but the pacing to me, like as good as this film is and as engrossing as it is the first few times you watch it on a watch back, I was, I was a bit emotionally exhausted by this point. You know, I, I feel like I don't know what I'd cut out and I'm not asking for an answer here, but I'd be interested to know what you guys would look to. Yeah, I, I'd probably, the, the ferry scene is interesting because it's almost a, a, a an, exaggerated version of the choice that Batman has to make yeah, when exactly. he goes to save um, uh, a Dent or, or Rachel. And um, Rachel in some mints. Uh, but uh, <laughs> wow. the, bo- that, the part of the boat that you remove for me, and I think you can still make the point that Nolan's trying to make that the Joker is wrong overall about society. People. They won't eat each other. I, I think you, you, you unless don't Unless I come lean, to our house. Unless, you, unless I come here <laughs> our house. and get murdered. Have we actually- In the <laughs> middle of the- Sorry. Did we actually mention that on this podcast? I got it earlier. Because I think we did. I've said it a couple of times. So but yeah, the, the the ferry stuff, you can remove all the stuff inside the ferries with all those people. Totally. And 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 still get the point across. It can still be this, it was a couple of cutaways, the same way that you do in disaster You keep the movies. tension. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you keep the tension. And then it still becomes about Batman saying, you were wrong. I've been very good at uh, avoiding, like that, that leads into a great scene, which is the action scene where Batman has to go up the building and realize- Well, it's a dueling crescendo. There's a lot of those. Yeah, yeah. Movie. There's like two dueling crescendos every 20 minutes. Yeah, like exactly. I love that about this. Movie. I think the action in this is really well done as well. Like it, yeah. it somehow captures a grandioso scale of Batman, but it's also really personal as well. There's a lot of hand-to-hand I notice in this. Yeah, I couldn't, I, I couldn't cut the very scene. Maybe you cut it down, but I couldn't. I think that like that is a pretty big part of the point. If you had to, if you were forced to, but I think the movie's worse for it. I, I think, honestly do. Yeah, I think if you're not Chris Nolan and the clout you mentioned yeah. he has... Because at this point, you know, like the films, his films are making box office, right? Yeah. So if he's not Chris Nolan, if he's a, maybe a smaller director who maybe doesn't quite have the same sway and he probably had final cut on this, maybe he's, someone's taking out his hands and cutting stuff out for him. And imagine that film. That would be dire. Some Frankenstein. Yeah. What it should have been. It's so confusing. Yeah. You're right. I mean, it does less. I mean, he said that, that when uh, Jonathan, his brother, gave him the script, he's like, you can't do this again. Like, the, the vote thing, we, we've already done this. We yeah. did this with, with Rachel and Harvey. And then he, t- like, took over the reins writing, and he's like, I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't figure out how we didn't need this. And so they were just like, well, fuck it, let's just do it. And it ends up being, you know, the emotional journey ends up being exactly what it should have been because you have that. I just feel like you don't need to cut to tiny Lester all the time. No, you could have made it shorter, potentially, and had the same effect. One thing I, I did think about, though, is like, if what if you left that unanswered because he gets there in time? And then that's what leads into the third movie where it's like, well, I'm actually cutting Gotham off. 
from like everything and seeing what happens, right? Like the whole Bane storyline. Cause that's kind of what they do. They're yeah, like, yeah. well, we believe Gotham will crumble on itself. By the third movie, when we're doing it again, I'm kind of like, well, what a, you know, there's got to be some <laughs> other thing we're investing. And why is everybody, all the, everybody wants Gotham? Like, isn't there somewhere else? There's <laughs> yeah. something nice, but what about Manila? Like, yeah, it's fucking it's very, lovely. Very, very cold up there. Honolulu. <laughs> Go and take that place over. It's great. The action in this film, though, just going back a step is fabulous. And there's just some real standout pieces that I wanted to call out. The pencil trick. My God, that is a <laughs> cultural moment in my life. Just seeing that where it's like, you want to see a magic trick? Love. Boom just unreal like how do you even come up with that that scene phenomenal and the way he backs out of the room covered in grenades like so joker so it's joker. such a great gag in that part too where, where um the, the guy plays gambler's an amazing martial artist he's a, a, oh yeah he a, um, is michael jai white yeah incredible incredible um, he was in one of the mortal combat things was he yeah i think there was a youtube series they did that was actually really good to begin with did he play Jax? he was Jax. funnily I enough that might have been the case um but uh when That's he's like you're um, a racist. You, you can just come in here and st- <laughs> yeah <laughs> that might i don't that, he's the only african-american character i know from that game so i'm just making an assumption but um i don't see color so <laughs> <laughs> oh really because you haven't stopped talking about how fucking beetroot red i am motherfucker <laughs> oh just got plums thrown at me i can only see him for red so red i can see really well <laughs> You only but, see red. But he says to the guy, uh, he says to the Joker, he's like, you think you can come in here and just steal from us? And the Joker goes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a cheap suit. You should know you bought you it. You bought it. It's, yeah. uh, like, that's a dark humor that I've been talking about the whole time. Love There's it. some other really good bits, like the interrogation scene. Absolute masterpiece. Bat- Batman Bruce loses shit, doesn't know how to deal with this guy. There's, there's just so many little moments. But there's one thing I wanted to call out, going back to my nitpicking ways, of course, is mm. where are the bad gadgets? Where's the stuff coming off his belt? Where's his grapple gun? You don't see any of that stuff. The only one scene you see anything, it's not really even his, is the one where he is in Hong Kong and he gets paralifted out of the building. Off the- well, who's, all, who's is it? Where's his, where's his shark spray? When they're on the boat, he could go and... <laughs> where's his shark spray? Did everybody else hear that? What the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> There's no such thing as shark spray. And I'm, I question bear spray's effectiveness. Bear spray. Yeah, that's a spray. Okay, all right. We're talking about a predator that has a spray. Bear spray. <laughs> thing. Is it to 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 make them go away or to make them? Yeah, come it's to like you? if they're coming at you, it's like a crazy. It's kind of like pepper spray on steroids. Right. So, kind of the ending of this film then is <laughs> digress. <laughs> you know what other digression that sometimes happens? Yeah, I wonder, it's great. like you know, you know, some people think about like the fall of Rome, and you know, I'm all about yes, and, you know, Do you think about Rome a lot? We yeah. talked about this last yeah. week. So I I think about who's hair is better christian bales or leonardo dicaprio's right in their best uh Ooh. christopher nolan film what do you reckon what do you reckon um bruce wayne's best hair is i think it's gotta be uh batman begins it's good in batman begins in what part though not that foppish when he comes back to gotham for five minutes and then fucks off again it's yeah, not no, that, that's that bad. Bad. yeah that's no, bad hair. no no that's that's actually at its worst yeah, yeah but like later in the film he's, he's it's peak and then you got to compare that to Leo and Inception. I think I think Leo wins. Leo wins every. Yeah, I, I think have, I have had more than one you know time where I've been watching Inception, going, "How does he do it? It's, it's staying so back so good. beautifully. Like yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense." Anyway, I, I digress. That's a digression. I find myself moderately erect whenever he's on screen in those films. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> moderately. Do, do you know what I, I think they're both very attractive men. The thing, if you ever know, as soon as you notice this, you'll never look at Christian Bale the same. He's got like a like a, a mole, a mole. Yeah, he does. Yeah. like in his eye, and every thing. and whenever I look at him, my eye just goes molly, molly, molly. I can't help, I can't help it. It's I think just at some scary. Point, like, but it's his hair. We're talking about his hair, not his molly, molly, molly. I I like Christian Bale's hair personally, but 
Leo's is just thick. Yeah. It's a thick. It's boy a good head. thing that once your partner listens to this and also sees you watch another episode of The Boys with some kind of penis coming up, she'll have no questions. <laughs> she she knows she knows that I'm a trisexual. I'll try anything once. Come on, come on, man! It's 2023. Sexuality? No one's straight anymore. Like... Sexuality is a spectrum. Spectrum, it's a, it's a, it's a broad... I'm somewhere on the spectrum. Uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> The film ends Agreed. effectively with Harvey Dent been, being crumbled by the Joker. He kidnaps uh, all of Gordon's family. He makes Gordon choose between his son and his wife. But the Batman takes the fall because he can. Because he can run. And I, I think that's a really interesting way to end this film. You subvert him from being a superhero into the villain. And it's not about, we as the viewer know what he is. We've seen it. But it's more about what other people think and you don't get that a lot in these films you don't often hear about what people think about the avengers even though they tried to do that and failed miserably it's more about you know the public opinion and you know in today's day and age you think about like social media all those things like the public opinion would turn so fast so i find that a really interesting ending for this film. i think some people are like batman's the best some people are like batman sucks it's a spectrum <laughs> superhero loves a spectrum yeah. <laughs> Let's talk tones and themes then before we wrap up then. Let's do that. We've done a lot of it in this already, but like, Riggs, do you have any tones and or themes for this movie? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, it's like I was saying before, it's about these two opposing systems of thought and it can be allegorical for any two opposing systems of thought. Absolutely. Um, you know, like uh, in, in Chinese philosophy, it's Taoism and Confucianism, mm. you know, like the two ways that you go about doing things. Not saying that either Taoism or Confucianism is the Joker. <laughs> yeah, which I'm trying to find the connection. Yeah, but just the, the you know two schools of thought that that are, are yeah. opposed, but almost kind of like pointed in the same direction. Yes. So I'd say yeah, yes. it, it is it is uh, the dichotomy of thought. Would Interesting. Be, would be yeah. yeah. I think yeah, I, I talked about it a bit, but it's like how like how far can you push an ideal? Um, and like how how. Have it written down. Give me a second. Order versus mm. chaos I had, you know, Someone the escalation. Sorry, uh, living no. with the consequence of your action. How often is that explored badly in films? I feel like in this, the consequences of Batman, uh, Bruce Wayne becoming Batman and, you know, the escalation of superhero, supervillains getting worse and worse and worse. You, it feels real. I feel like they did it pretty well in civil war yeah when, when vision says in the eight years since tony size become iron man there's Definitely. been more events yes it's it, there's a causality to it yeah um i, I think this like is a better the, job of showing rather than telling yeah that, exactly right and also the, the 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 consequence of that being that you know at the end gordon says you know um why you know why is he running because we have to chase him yeah yeah you know and he can take it because yeah. that's what that's what it is. I think it's like a it's an investigation of like how far can you take an ideal yes. after what effect? Absolutely. Mm. All right. Three best and three worst. Very quickly then. Guys, what we do is do three best and three worst, three reasons why you might want to watch a film, three reasons why you might not. I feel like we've been pretty nice to this. So quick round robin, one each. It's a shit eight. No, I'm sorry. What's your what's your one worst? My one worst is the bat voice. Nice. I just feel like it's so over the top. Yeah. I guess there's a couple uh, there's a couple lines where it's like very, you're like, oh, this is kind of a, like a relic of almost the early 2000s movie in in the sense of like, well, what's that one part where like the helicopter falls and it's like, this doesn't look good. Goes back. This looks real bad. It's like, there's a couple moments where you're like, let's, but I mean, come on. That's not why you watch that. I, I have nothing. Uh, okay. Well, I'll do, I'll do two for you then. Yeah. The pacing. I feel like it could be two films. Not bad. Just it's a thing. And um, the Joker's plan is utter nonsense. Getting caught. I know we didn't even really talk about this. That's but, the point. And that was. 
how did that become part of the cultural lexicon? Like, it was used in so many films. The bad guy gets caught, but it's all part of the plan. I don't know. Like, maybe Rachel Dawes is my, my one. Okay, I'll give yeah. you that. Okay, best. One each. Hit me. Uh, yeah, for me, it's, Don't it's hit me. Nolan's, Nolan's confidence. Like he has in the book that, that yep. I gave you, Tommy, he was talking about what are the things that can't be replicated? What are the things that you can't copy or duplicate in doing what we do as, as, as filmmakers or doing what he does? And it's, it's, uh, you know, the, the secret, whatever the secret is in the movie, cause there's always one, um, what the, uh, uh, like tones and themes are and 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 the script and also the the uh integrity of image like that's why he shoots on imax why he shoots on film the 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 confidence and the uncorruptibility of his vision of of these particularly the batman films because they are a huge franchise things is is you can't there are no movies like this anymore you will never see another batman movie that isn't in some way connected even the batman they're always going to have have you know stanzas or they're going to have a, a you know a song that you recognize in them or whatever that brings you back to a larger franchise these things live by themselves you watch them end to end and that's it good night it's super intentional yeah everything about this yeah film. yeah like it's and it's really just for even being long though it's just precise in a lot of ways like mm. i just I, I love that precise is the word yeah, yeah I, I i i think uh one thing that i'm trying to come up with something new like because like there's a bunch of reasons why i'd like it of course there's heat there's all these things i think like what i realized is the first like maybe hour of this movie is kind of like an NCIS film. Like it's a bunch of courtroom shit, but it was like really fun and interesting. Like I, there's a lot of times you watch like movies about courtrooms and you're this is boring. This was not. So I got a little like aside, like the first hour doesn't have a lot of action or Batman other than the, the opening sequence. But there was, I was still entertained and intrigued. Has anybody ever pulled a pistol on, on, you know, a- in a court? No, I guess that counts. Yeah, that's action. Yeah. Carpet favor made in China. Yeah, that was kind of funny. Yeah, that was. <laughs> but that was that was one of mine. The dark humor, the humor of this, like as a such a gritty, grounded movie, the humor and the light elements keep you swinging along with it, and I think that's beautiful. All right, what we do now is we talk a little bit about the critical reception of this. So we're going to go through, and I'm going to ask you both. Can you guess for me, firstly, the IMDb score for this, DL? I saw it because I was looking at the cast. It's, uh, I'm going to go second. You go. What, what, uh, what is it out of? Is it out of 10. Out of 10? It'd be 9.8 or something. It's a flat nine. Flat nine. Which is honestly one of the higher scores I've yeah, ever seen on IMDb. It is. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, out of 100. What do you reckon, Weeks? It'd be a 94. 94. Yeah. It'd be a 98. <laughs> This well, man's got yeah. it in one, in one. It's 94%. 94. Bang on the money. What bing, do I bing, win? Bing, bing. Um, you win us not eating you when you leave. <laughs> <laughs> um, finally then, letterbox. So this is all user scores. Can you guess me out of five? Something point something. Do you think people are now being- It's usually like 3.6 like, for everything. Yeah. yeah. People being contrarian and being like, oh no, it's not as That's good what game. I always think. Yeah. But I think this has got to be like a four, five. Yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to do the prices right and do four, four. It's four or five on the money. Is now, it? Interestingly, I looked at this because I was like, four or five, like that's like considering that's a, that's it's not pretty good rating. Considering right? it's 94 and Ron Tomatoes, I was like, let me just see what some of these ridiculous reviews are for anything less than like a three or whatever. So I went, I went in and you can look at individual scores. So I went 0.5 scores. I was like, who are these people? And the first one I, I so I clicked on one at random, didn't actually look at the user. Should have done because that would have helped move this. But the first is it Sandy, whatever her name is. The or? first user who put a 0.5 for this, their username was not enough Mark, and the reasoning for their 0.5 score was that there is not enough Mark Wahlberg in this film. 
<laughs> I'm not entirely sure that's representative of the film that uh, we just Who watched. Play? That's so great. I love chaos, bro. Like that. Fucking- <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. The trees. Come on, bro. One of, my, one of my all-time favorite Mario episodes was a couple of weeks ago when we talked about The Happening. And yeah. I've never been able to get it out of my head since. Dude, have you seen that movie? It is fucking bizarre. It's unbelievable. There's, there's two really, really great moments in that film. One where the, two? all the people start jumping off the building. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's and the show so funny. And the, and the pan up to where all the people have hung themselves. But everything else is fucking just absolutely hilarious. ridiculous. Yeah. Dude, the prancing off to me was actually funny because it was like they were like prancing. Mm. It was like, and he's like, Dougie! Phil! It's like every fucking union worker name ever, like in like a sequence. I I was cracking up. And that. the hot dog. Maybe guy. I'm fucked up. No, but the, the yeah, look up with, the, with everyone hanging was kind of. That was a bit shook, but yeah, the hot dog guy's great. You the can hot, have a hot dog, dog guy's amazing. Rick. So you know our famous rating system, Riggs. Do you want to preface it for the people? Sure. Well, we like to we. I say we like I'm you are one of us. You are resident. One yeah. of us as resident. I I have been uh, aware of this um as a a metric for you know wh- how good a movie is is how average it is. Is, and is it as average as the most average movie ever currently aquaman 2018 it yep. sure is basically the internet's binary right so is this better or worse than a thing that's pretty boring um <sighs> i mean we're all gonna say it's better yeah this is kind of obviously but the real question after this is yeah. where in our series of chris nolan films do you rank this now this is easy for me guys because i actually remembered what i wrote last time <laughs> but for these two this is going to be the wild west so we'll find out and also you weren't here for the oppenheimer episode Reed. Mm. so we're going to find out where you rate that among all the movies we have talked to so in no possible order we have talked to tenet we've talked to the prestige we've talked to dunkirk we've talked to memento we've talked to inception we've obviously talked about Batman begins we have obviously talked to Interstellar, Oppenheimer, and The Dark Knight. Do you want to chuck them in an order for us? Yes, I can do it right now. Go fast. Uh, go, go, go. So, uh, Interstellar is number one, and I know that's... that's Wowza. Yeah, I love that movie. It's, Big. And, and it, but it's not just... The, I do love I, that I, film. I, I love it for a bunch of different reasons. One of the reasons is me, me and my fiance bonded over it, and, and I saw it I eight did years... did bondage the, over it? We did bondage over it, yeah. It was it was space-based bondage, and it was amazing. Bondage. It was spondage, yeah. Wow. It was actually, funnily enough, um, I went and saw it at the cinemas eight years ago yesterday. Oh, my God, that's insane. Um, in your bondage and, outfit. And I wrote, uh, you know, how good it was. But, yeah, we, we both love it. And, and nice. watching the 4K, you know, that I got at the beginning of the year, it was just like, yeah, this one... It's you beautiful. Know, the, the fourth dimension is love. It's beautiful. That's what kills me. But the beautiful part of that movie and how just like the the scores, like it's a good, it's amazing. Okay, it's quickly though, let's go through it. Yeah. So sorry, uh, Interstellar, um, Inception, of course. Uh, Oppie is number three. Oh, I really love Oppie. I think it's a great film. Um, Batman Begins is number four. Dark Knight is number five. Prestige number six. Tenet is number Ooh. seven. Uh, Memento is number eight, and Dunkirk is number nine. Wow, there's some really spicy reviews there. Dio. Yeah, I'm going to go backwards. So te- nine is Tenant. Yeah. Eight is Dunkirk. Wow. Seven is Opie. Uh, six is Memento. Five is Batman Begins. Four is Interstellar. Three is The Prestige. Two is The Dark Knight. And number one, of course, for me is Inception. Cannot crash on. Okay, I'll do mine very quickly then. So, of course, in the last place, Tanet. Of course, from our perspective, mine and DL's. Um, I had Oppenheimer next because I think when we like when we watched it, it didn't grab me as much as some of these other films. All right, then it was The Prestige, then Interstellar, then Dunkirk, which I absolutely love, by the way. Batman Begins, Memento, The Dark Knight, and my favorite, of course, is Inception. Mm. Oh, why don't you two just get married? <laughs> 
Why do- <laughs> I thought you I thought you had something else's one, but I, I maybe I'm mistaken. I, I love that. I don't think so. I love yes, that it was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from 1990. Us. And then he realized that Christopher <laughs> Nolan didn't do that, so <laughs> can't count. Finally then, trivia true or false. I'm going to ask you each two pieces of trivia, and you can answer whether it's true or if it's false, and we'll see who wins. Magic. Riggs. Mm. Firstly, Heath Ledger's interpretation of the Joker's appearance was primarily based on the chaotic, disheveled look of punk rocker Sid Vicious. Is that true or is that false? That's Maybe not primarily, but in part it was based on that. Yeah, absolutely. It was. It was also combined with the psychotic mannerisms of Malcolm McDowell's character, Adam DeLarge from Clockwork Orange, which I find fascinating. Yeah. And you can see all of that, all of that. And we didn't really talk even about all these ticks and all the cool stuff. But all right, DL, true or false? This was the first comic book movie ever to reach over $500 million worldwide. Is that true or is that false? Uh, this came out after Spider-Man. That's false. It's actually true. And it was the first, it's actually true because it was the first to reach $1 billion worldwide at the box office. Was Spider-Man after this? I thought it was before. Spider-Man, no. Spider-Man 2 was 2003. I thought that one was the, like, the first to get Didn't hit a billion. Anyway, there we go. Fair enough. I probably fucked that up, but that's fine. No, no, you probably didn't. Riggs, true or false? The bus crashing backwards into the bank in the opening sequence was much harder to pull off than anticipated. The bus had to be taken apart and reassembled inside the building. Is that true or is that false? That's true. It is true. Uh, it was concealed behind a big false wall and propelled backwards with a false air cannon. That's so interesting. I just assumed it was like a fake building and they just put a bus in. Yeah, that sounds like something normal would do. It's like, you know what? We got to totally build the bus. Get get the mechanic in here. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> I was going to go with the truck flipping one, but everyone's yeah. seen that, right? Okay. So cool. Finally, DL. True or false? Trouble arose during public relations campaign before the movie's release when a website related to the movie sent out several, several cakes, possibly from the Joker, containing cell phones inside, which made the cake vibrate. They also had wires sticking out, which made the cake look like a bomb. Is that true or is that Jared Leto? true. It <laughs> wasn't a used Connie or whatever the fuck. Yeah, 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 was, God, what a fucking weirdo. Imagine doing that to Viola Davis. What that, a that did not get an Oscar, funnily enough. That is actually <laughs> that true. One of them <laughs> yeah. was a news station which received one of the cakes and believed it to be an actual terrorist act and had the building evacuated. Oh my God. Terrorist effect, better, it's like way better than sex offender. Right? <laughs> yeah. I think we all win in this respect. So uh, ultimately, this is. Up there with the best of Christopher Nolan. It's up there with some of the best performances of movies of all time. It's wonderful. And we have loved talking to it with you, Reeks. We, we do. And I have one thing, one question for you guys before you... Are you going to ask me to be your best man again? No, Because I don't no, know if no, I can no. take you, that only again. Only one time. Holy jeez, that'd be bad. <laughs> uh, Riggs, mm. where can our lovely listeners find you? Melbourne. But, but later. Just come to my house. Later today. It'll be, it'll be this evening. You can find me there. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, well, you can find me on the, the Film Addicts podcast with my man, Addy, which is a good time. And, um, yeah, you can also find my company, Hit 66 Sound and Screen on, on most, uh, you know, social medias and we're on YouTube and we do fun stuff with lights and cameras. So come check us. If you have any interest in our podcast and if you're still here, my God, why? But also. He sounds like you might do. You will probably like the Filmatics podcast because those guys have a great rep. They're a lot of fun, and it's just a good time to listen to. It is. We just we, just, we were talking about before. Just we it's extracurricular. We just do it because we have fun, like hanging out and talking guff. Two movie lovers. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. The, that's the way it's got to be. 
DL, do you want to wrap up, wrap up the show? I'll wrap it up, man. A big thank you to Matthew Bliss for editing this week's uh, podcast, editing and mastering. Doug wow. Sean. <laughs> what was that? We both made weird noises at the same time. My brain was overwhelmed. Um, If you'd like to hire someone to edit your podcast, head to matthewbliss.net and book a consultation today. If you want to hear his work uh, from from my home to yours, an expat repat podcast for Matt and his wife, share their experiences and advice for others going through some... And for everyone else, the dead drop is back as well. And the dead drop is back. I hear he's going to talk about the secret squirrel. He's going to figure out what that is. The smoon. He's going to tell us (laughs) what the smoon is. (laughs) I digress. Check it out. I'm sure it's nice. It's Um, it's a lot of fun. It's 10 minutes, less than 10 minute episodes of gaming insider news. So you can cut out the bullshit. You know, you don't want to, when you read an article and it talks about everything that's ever happened in gaming before you get the (laughs) one bit of thing, you actually (laughs) click the article. Fucking variety padding. Exactly. Uh, Where he cuts all that bullshit for you, you just get the highlights. Spoilers, Alan Wake 2 apparently is amazing. Apparently it's fantastic. I need to buy it, but I can't spend the money, dude. It's Uh, too expensive. Maybe I'll buy it for Christmas. $90 for a video game? Just wait till it's in the bargain bin. I mean, you should do an episode on it. You could probably climb it on tax. That's fair. We aren't a business yet. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much for today. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Reeks, for joining us too. My pleasure. Glad to be here. It's been awesome, man. Thank you. Later skaters. Yeah, later skaters. Tally ho, baby!